Welcome to Roll With Adventure, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast that transports you through the magic of imagination, from our world to the far-off world of Everests, a land full of heroes and villains, the evil and the divine, monsters and miracles, and, of course, magic. We are delighted to bring you this adventure from our imagination to your ears. If you like what you hear, please subscribe for further episodes and follow us on social media. If you want to learn more about us in this podcast, please visit us at RollWithAdventure.com. And now, let's listen as our heroes roll with adventure. Hello and welcome to episode 4 of Roll With Adventure's flagship campaign of Shadows and Bliss. My name is Gas, and I'm the Dungeon Master for this ragtag band of heroes. Today our journey into the stale of adventure, intrigue, secrets, and magic across the world of Ibris continues. For those of you following along, you may notice that sound is a bit different in this episode. We're still sorting out sound levels and finding the right mics for the right people, and we hope that we're moving in the right direction. Now, this episode, our heroes are in the small city of Dwemer Hollow, and Kwari and Faelith are about to head to investigate at the location of perhaps the most recent child disappearance, while Jovan and Melian head towards Dockside to investigate Quent's weaponry and business. Now, before we dive right in, let's meet our band of heroes. To decide the order of introduction, let's roll player initiative not character initiative. And remember, here, we roll with adventure. For those listeners unfamiliar with player initiative, you roll a d20, and depending on how dexterous you've been throughout the past week or so, you add up to a plus two for fantastically dexterous moves, or you minus up to two for the not most dexterous moments. So, how have each of our players been this past week? How dexterous have you been? You know, every single time we get to this point, I think to myself, next week, next week I'm going to think of something clever. And, uh, well, spoilers, it isn't this week. Um, I can think of absolutely nothing relevant, so I'm just going to go with a flat zero. I mean, I haven't fallen off the, the elliptical machine yet, so I'm going to take a plus one. I keep hoping that I'm going to do something fantastically dexterous that I'm going to be able to report, but so far, nothing. But I haven't done anything particularly undexterous either, so I guess I'll just take the zero. I too have had an uneventful week, so I shall also take the zero. Wait, I have to. I have to amend my answer. I forgot that I went to the bookstore this week and knocked a book off the shelf, and then I caught it, uh, but. In catching, and I knocked another book off the shelf. And then when I tried to catch that one, I dropped the first book that I caught, and I missed the second book. So I actually knocked two books on the floor instead of just one. Um, so actually, I deserve a penalty and not a bonus, and I'm gonna take a minus one. It's <laughs> like David's fridge story. So shall we roll? I got a five total. I got a <gasps> ten. I rolled an at twenty. This is the wrong time for that. I know, uh, I know. Allie, you save wanna... those for later. 
Last I... week, I rolled high, and then for the rest of the night, my rolls were terrible. So, just saying. I, following my tradition of having the same roll as other people, have also rolled a five. Did you roll a five, or was that your total cumulative roll? I didn't take any plus or minus, so I just rolled a five. Yeah, I rolled a six, but took a penalty, so I was on five. So I'll go after you. So the order will be Allison then David, then Sasha, and then Brian. So, with that order sorted, please introduce yourselves. Your name, your character name, race, class, and perhaps an important detail. My name's Allie. I'm playing Kwari Anakalathi Bostukbase, a Goliath paladin who has a background as a field medic, and I was exiled from the Stukeface clan 36 years ago, and I still don't know why. I mean, I guess I wasn't, Quarry was. Should I say that again? <laughs> I was definitely not exiled from my clan. You guys might exile me by the end of the session. I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't know that I would bother to re-record it. I think in context it'll make sense. <laughs> okay. <laughs> carry on, carry on. Sorry. Oh, I suppose that's me, isn't it? Um, my name is David, and I am playing Jovin Savage Cooperson. Uh, he is a human scholar uh, from a town waste the south. Uh, he personally believes he is responsible for the death of no less than five of his friends, but his current crew doesn't know anything about that. Hello, I'm Sasha, and I play Faileth, the half-elf... Let's try that again. Hello! <laughs> <laughs> oh, half-elf, you guys. Oh, oh God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this episode is just the intro. Yes. Yeah, it's just us trying the intro several times. Okay. Hello, I'm Sasha, and I play Faileth, the half-elf bard who was raised by and can speak to ghosts. Uh, when Faileth first began traveling with Melian, he wanted her to help with setting up camp and asked her to pitch the tent. So she took it and threw it into the forest. And that's the end of my story. Get it? Because she pitched... Oh, I got it. That seems she... remarkably on brand for failure. I feel like I feel like we all got it. <laughs> she pitched it like she like she pitched it. Oh yeah, into the forest, <laughs> right? <laughs> Instead of pitched it like setting it up, she like <laughs> she, she pitched it. I'm impressed that at one point we had a tent. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I figured it was like a some. This is why you lost canvas it. stretched across some wood, but saying that. It was a lean-to doesn't fit with my Amelia Bedelia joke. Oh, Amelia Bedelia. So many good Well, on that note, I'm Brian. I'm at MindOverBrian on Twitter, and I play Melian Barebone, uh, who appears to be a bearded half-elven young man. However, unbeknownst to the rest of the group, he is... Uh, he has a twin brother out there somewhere in the world um, who is his parents' favorite, and he was sort of the outcast twin. So that's his Aww. that's his sad backstory bit, because I never give these, and so now I feel like I'm the only one who has not teased his character as much. 
I feel sad. I appreciate that um, sad backstory moment, sad backstory moment, sad backstory moment, and Faileth pitching a tent into the forest. <laughs> <laughs> Faileth's back sad backstory is that she's very upfront with her sad backstory. Mm. I can respect that. It's good. Well, now that everyone has introduced themselves, uh, let's get this adventure rolling. And remember, here we roll with adventure. If we oh. were supposed to understand any of that, we didn't. <laughs> Okay, sorry, I'll be quiet now. No, no, don't do that. <laughs> I won't mute myself, though, because otherwise I'll forget that I'm muted, and I want to mute myself. Okay, so when last we met, uh, the four of you had met with uh, Marin, the associate uh, of Jovan, uh, who sort of gathers information for him, has an ear to the street, uh, and gives him info uh, that is on his pay. So you discussed and while dissecting the information that Melian and Faileth had obtained, uh, as well as what uh, Quarry and Jovan had obtained while out at both the blacksmith and the herbalist, and while Melian and Faileth were with uh, the mothers, as well as Faileth's interesting experience with a elvish guardian spirit, you determined that the next course of action would be to, for Kwari and Faileth to set out towards Tatiana's house, the home of perhaps the most recent kidnapping. Last night's while Melian and Jovan would set out to obtain a sword made by, or at least sold by, this merchant, Gwent, and perhaps obtain a guard's uniform. So before we I mean, dive right in... Technically, I said it in the other opposite direction. We wanted to get a guard's uniform to get, then get a sword. I'll let you guys discuss that. Because I honestly don't have any idea what your plan is yet. <laughs> uh, so, just to reconcile a discrepancy that is possibly in your notes, because while listening back to earlier ep episodes, I realized that I said uh, that I messed up some details back and forth myself. So, in episode one, I mentioned that the episode started three days until the new moon. In recent episodes, there's been disparity and discrepancy, so to settle the record straight, today, which is technically still the exact same day that the first episode happened, is two it is two nights until the new moon. Tonight, tomorrow night, and the third night is the new moon. Which means that the disappearance happened three nights before the new moon. All good? Sure. Okay. Yeah. 
Phelan doesn't well, pay attention to things like that, so... I feel like this, at the moment, is like, yeah, sure, whatever. And later on, we'll be like, aha! It was how many nights until the new moon? Uh, Melian is not Sherlock Holmes. Uh, in fact, he's barely Dr. Watson. Three Wait, nights there's to a moon. moon. And 50 <laughs> nights to a squadron. How many there squadrons? Are two <laughs> There's going to be a okay. new moon. I thought, isn't the one we have enough? I thought it was always the same moon. You, ha- you, There's actually two moons for this world. We're going to have three now. Oh. <laughs> okay. So, with that, where... So who would like to start? Hold on. If there's two moons, do they are they both the new moon at the same time? Do they have the same cycles? No, they don't. Good question. Well, then, then which moon is new, and which one isn't, and do we care? Like, is it important? Wait, 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 wait. I thought Cass was joking when he said that there were two moons. You guys, there are clearly three because we're getting a new one. <laughs> well, except no, so... we're, we're getting a new one. But if we get a new one and it's one of the old ones that's going, we'll still only have two. It'll just be that we have a suddenly a different one. What happened to the other one then? That's a very good question. I I genuinely don't know. Is that the mystery? Are we supposed to figure out what happens to the moon before it turns new? Oh my god, I bet the kids get sucked up by the disappearing moon. I mean, if it's just imploding, then that that makes a certain amount of sense. Maybe a certain number of children have to be sucked into the moon, uh, or... Uh, it doesn't doesn't replenish, and then we accidentally end up with just one, and that's uh, and that's why the tides get all messed up. No, 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 guys. Maybe guys, it's a majority. The whole reason we're here thing. is to deal with a necromancer, which means somebody is reanimating the old dead moon. <laughs> yes, it all makes so much <laughs> sense now. Absolutely, I was called here for necromancy. This is not what I foresaw, but if the moon dies. Can I talk to its ghost? No, we have, no, no, because, well, yeah, probably. But we won't be able to find its body and put it to rest. Because it'll still be in the sky, but as a skeleton moon. I mean, I guess it'll first start as a zombie moon. <laughs> it's that old zombie moon in your eyes. <laughs> okay. Um, so, let me give you a brief explanation of the calendar. So. Please don't. This is so much better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm convinced that there's moon necromancy afoot. This is deeply important, Ellie. I, I think you mean me that Cass is not taking notes. I think you mean necromancy. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what up? <gasps> yes. See, I told you this was going to be our favorite session. <laughs> okay. So, world building moment. I will explain the calendar to you. Okay. So the calendar that is currently utilized is called the Iltharan calendar. It consists of 12 months, each dedicated to a different member of the Triadrian pantheon. So, the gods. Uh, And like Earth, it's broken up into four seasons. It is primarily a lunar calendar. Each month consists of one cycle of... Tolmi, the moon that is known as the Grey Mother. It is the larger of the two moons that orbits Ibris. The months change with each new moon of Tolmi, irrespective of the phases of Ashta, which is known as the Purple Child. And it's a much smaller moon that gives off a sort of 
faint purplish light. It doesn't provide that much light to the world, so when Tolmi is on a new moon, it is still quite dark. Do you have any questions? So many questions. Are the cycles of Ashta, does it orbit faster or slower? Slower. Tolmi orbits on a 29-day scale. 29-day cycle. Ashta orbits on a 45-day cycle. Did you say 29-day for Ptolemy? Yep. And you say it's a lunar calendar, so is every month 29 days? Every month starts on the new moon. Ah. With the full moon punctuating it in the middle. Okay, the children are being taken by somebody to pay their end-of-month bills. (laughs) Solved. Wrap it up. Next mystery. Next mystery. <laughs> okay, so which group would like to start today? Shout it out. Okay, I guess the default means Faileth and Quarry. Okay. Uh, unless Faileth has strenuous objections and would like to arm wrestle Yovan for it. I mean, I'm always down for good arm wrestle, but I also don't mind moving first. So, Quarry and Faileth, you set out from the house at Sapphire Lane in Frost Folly. Uh, if I remember correct, Marin was going with you, and he'd at least bring you closer to Old Town, and then you had instructions from Melian for how to get there after that. Mm-hmm. So, you go through the town, uh, you go around the Dwarven Borough, going along Maker's March, uh, and you come to the central plaza in the center of the city. Uh, around you, you can see a quite a decently sized uh, plaza that's open for uh, fair weather mar- open air market, as well as the ornate buildings that likely house the city council chamber, the hall of justice, as well as a taller more robust and fortified tower that you assume is the central city watchtower. Marin uh, takes you and brings you to the a bit farther, as far as he can go, before he must split off. And with a few more twists and turns, you come to a intersection that has a small fountain in the center of it that looks familiar to Faileth. Is this the fountain, Faileth? Mm-hmm. You could just nod. Mm-hmm. Okay. Excellent. Well, let me see. Is there anybody around that I could talk to? Give me a... just a flat luck check. So just a d20. That is an 18. So as you look about, uh, you notice that there is a... Uh, a you're, you're, you pause, you walk up to the fountain, and you sort of lean there looking back and looking around to see if there's anyone. 
and you noticed a door open and a guard, uh, someone in the same uniform as the guards, uh, leaves from there. And he turns and says, loud enough that you can hear, we'll do what we can, but I can't assure you that we'll find her. Oh, excellent. Before the man turns and marches away. I will wait until the guard is out of sight, and then I'll say, Come along, Faileth, I think we have our location. Hmm, <laughs> uh, And as long as the guard is out of sight, Quarry will stride up to the door that the guard just left. The door is slightly open, and you can hear the muffled sound of sobbing coming from within. Oh, um... Quarry will knock loudly. Just a minute. You hear what what sounds like perhaps something being knocked off a table and a clatter and a crash. Oh dear. You hear the patter of feet and the door is wrenched open and a woman, her face contorted with tears, uh, looks up at you and says, Have you found her? Oh. 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 No, I'm... I'm sorry, my name is Quarry. My companion here is Faileth. We were wondering if we could ask you some questions about the disappearance of the children. We understand this is, of course, a very difficult time for you, and that you have, of course, as is proper, notified the town guard. We are conducting some inquiries of our own that we hope will be of help. Can you give me a... Persuasion check. Uh-oh. Ooh, I am doing well tonight. That is a 19. Tears streaking down her face. She sort of clutches at the, f- at the front of your uh, splint mail and looks up into your eyes, Quarry, and goes, Do you want to find her? Do you want to find my Mirabelle? Indeed, mm-hmm. we absolutely would like to find your Mirabelle and the other children, if it is come possible. In, come in, please! Uh, Quarry follows in and makes sure that Faith comes along behind them and shuts the door. It's a small, two-story house that you've been let into. It looks like it's well cared for. A bit more dust in places than you'd expect, though. So belies perhaps a family that has fallen on some hard times. Mm-hmm. As you make your way to a small table in the kitchen, you pass by a room and you note that with the door partly open, you see a, a doll that has fallen to the floor. Perhaps mm. it was the last place that Mirabelle had played with this doll. Mm-hmm. Sit. Please. Can can I get you some some tea? Her hands are shaking as you see her trying to pick up pieces of what appears to be a shattered mug. Oh, I really wish paladins had cantrips. It is so sad to not have mending. Um, 
No, no, that's quite all right. We're, we don't wish to cause you any inconvenience. We're just hoping to learn more about your daughter and the circumstances of her disappearance. We have the greatest hopes of asking questions of you as, unfortunately, the incident is still fresh in your mind and, and perhaps if we could even investigate the site from which she disappeared. It's terrible. Can you tell me what happened? I woke up this morning. Uh, I woke up later than I ever have. I even missed getting into work. And because of how late I woke, I quickly raced to check Mirabelle to see if she had perhaps come downstairs to get some food or such because it was so late and her window was open and she was gone. I see. It's unusual for you to sleep late, you say? I'm always at work on time. It's very important that I am. I... I pride myself, especially with everything that has happened, on always being able to provide for my Mirabelle. Everything that has happened? Do you mean the the loss of your husband? She, she nods. I'm very sorry for your loss. He, he died in an accident seven months ago. Uh, Faileth would like to uh, see if she can sense this uh, husband ghost. You don't sense any ghosts here. Like a weird absence of them, or just there's none attached to this family? There's none attached to this family. And you know generally that like, when a, a parent dies and there's still a kid... Or, like, they're leaving behind, say, the love of their life. Their imprint, at there least... should be a ghost, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So where is it? And if not, is he dead? Where did your ghost go? I mean, mmm! <clears throat> um... What do you mean, little girl? Faileth, it's... it's... Faileth. No, I'm... Faileth. I'm mute. I'm a mute. <laughs> Faileth, it's alright. You may speak here. I'm... I'm a mute. No, please. Uh, you were going to ask this kind lady a question. I... I was gonna ask her where her husband's ghost went. There's... He must have had no unfinished business. He just went on. No, that's bullshit. He's got a kid. He's got you. What do you mean? He... He Perhaps seven months ago in an accident in the nobles' quarter. They... Right, and... They said that his body was even too mangled. Or that it couldn't be recovered. Oh, so it wasn't him. Okay. Uh, Faileth. Faileth. Uh, I think her husband's alive. Uh, Faileth. Oh, maybe should... he's being held captured too. Faileth. I wonder if they need more than just children. Yeah. Oh, should I be a mute again? 
Ah, uh, yes. Just for a minute. Okay. I'm a mute Look, now. She's I'm, gone I, even, I'm a mute. She's gone even more pale and her She's shaking. Her uh, entire, like... Oh, um... Uh, okay, Quarry, <laughs> Quarry will... Uh, won't lean forward because they're probably too imposing, but they'll they'll stay very still and they'll say, my friend is very enthusiastic and ha- may have a tendency to leap to conclusions. She has a knack for sensing ghosts, but I'm sure there are any number of reasons that your husband's ghost is not here. There's, We have no evidence of anything one way or another, but perhaps... It would help if you told us a little bit about about how your husband died. Uh, seven, about seven months ago, uh, there there were two work sites. Uh, there was one in Old Town. Uh, I, I I think it was the Old Penner Estate, and there was another in the noble district where a new house was being built and there was an accident at at the new house that was being built and five individuals were killed but they were only able to recover enough bodies for two open caskets I see so there were uh, I see do you know who was paying for this house to be built? Uh, I I think it was connected somehow to the Penner estate. And this happened. My Wilhelm was very he, he he was very professional. He didn't bring his work home. He was such a gifted woodcarver and a, and a gifted carpenter as well. You, I, you say he didn't bring his work home with him, but had you sensed anything troubling him since he had begun work on the old Penner estate or on the new house? Uh, no, not, not that I can remember. He always smiled when he came home. He lived for Mirabelle and I. I see. We were sweethearts. Always had been. I grew up just down the lane from him. Why did he die and his brothers didn't? How many people were... Oh, I'm so sorry. Please, if you need a moment. Yes, a moment, please. You said you wanted to look around a bit. Uh, Mirabelle's room—it's upstairs, the first one on the, the on, on the on the left. And the room with the doll—just a room we would sit in. I see. Well, we'll go and examine her bedroom, and um, well, perhaps would you like us to come down when we have finished, or? Um, Quarry will motion Faileth up the stairs. Faileth will go up the stairs. When they get upstairs, Quarry will 
I presumably it's not hard to find out which room is Mirabelle's. Oh no, it's not. Okay. There's like two do- there's two doors up there. One leads to a small bedroom with a window that's open and has a small cot in it, as well as a small dresser that looks like it was hand car hand hand wrought. Uh, and it also has like a few straw dolls in it. Okay. Um Faileth looks at the dolls and like, ugh, those things are creepy. <laughs> um Faileth. Yeah. I think what you said was very insightful. The fact that there is no ghost here is interesting. It's bloody weird is what it is. I don't think I've ever come across like a young father or mother just not being there after they died because like usually they want to see their kids at least for a little while and this guy's not been dead long enough to get bored of life and pass over I have to agree with you especially considering that he had been working on the old Penner estate which we know has passed into the hands of Jasper Quint who's that? oh does Faileth not know about Jasper? I mean she might Oh, okay. That would assume she's been paying attention. Oh, okay. <laughs> he is the new merchant in town who is selling the cheaply priced weapons. Oh, is that significant? It's hard to say at this point, but it may be significant because he does have a warehouse down by the docks and his shop is by the docks. Um, there's that boat that we have sent. Mm, what's that guy's name? Starts with an M. Melian. Uh, no. <laughs> Marin. Marin. Oh god, I'm gonna have to write this down. Um, that we sent Marin to look for, and then there is the fact that the only noble whose child has disappeared is the only noble who has opposed the council supporting Jasper Quent. Ooh, that is suspicious. I should spend more time listening to you guys and less time petting the dogs. (laughs) Perhaps you can listen and pet the dogs at the same time. I'll try. Listening's real boring, though. It can be. Um, But but I'm just just real curious, because why either her husband, his spirit is trapped somewhere, or he's not dead. It just doesn't doesn't add up, you know? I agree. I don't think that it does add up. And I think that it bears more investigation. It's interesting that he has disappeared or died and his daughter has now disappeared. I would be curious to know if any of the other children have family members that have any connection to Jasper Quint. Well, the first child that went missing was six moons ago, right? Yes. And this guy disappeared seven moons ago. So he ah. disappeared before any of the children did. So maybe he was part of whatever in all this. Perhaps it would... I wonder if there is any way that we can find out more about this new house. We'll have to ask Jovan because I... One thing that I'd like to ask this woman is how many other people were working on the house. I wonder if it's possible if her husband were 
killed or imprisoned for something that he saw. Ooh, yeah. It's like a conspiracy thing. Possibly. It's too early to tell. We must not leap to conclusions. And oh, but we that's must... so fun. Well, I'll tell you what, Faileth. You may leap to conclusions in your head, but we must be very careful of what we tell people that we talk to. Right, I'm a mute. <laughs> Shall we investigate this room? Okay. Um, I think the first place Quarry would probably start is looking at the window that was open. Okay. Faith is going to look at the dolls, because she doesn't like them. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, looking at the win, I'll start with Quarry looking at the window. Uh, it seems like it's a simple window with a latch. The latch is on the inside. Okay. So that likely means it was opened from the inside. Mm-hmm. Out. Uh, last night wasn't too cold. Mm-hmm. It also wasn't super warm. So. Okay. Are we heading into warmer weather or colder weather? You're heading into colder weather. Okay. We're in late summer, early fall. Are there any marks on the windowsill that would look like maybe somebody climbing out of the window, climbing into the window? So the looking at the windowsill, you note that there is there's a spot where the wood has been sort of worn down a bit. It does look like perhaps someone sits there a lot, looking out. But you don't see any marks. You don't see any scratches in the wood. That would belie, say, someone with, like, or something pulling someone out while they struggled. You don't see anything like that. Okay, and there's no sign that the latch was jimmied from the outside? Give me an investigation check. Okay. Oh, that is a nat 20. I am doing unbelievable tonight. Um, So, looking at But I have a minus one, so it's only a 19. (laughs) Uh, so looking at the latch no um, it doesn't look like it was jimmied okay and looking out the window with that 19 it also doesn't look like this window would be easy to climb up to okay does this window face the street yes interesting how far is it to the ground it's only the second story so Uh, about 12 feet Corey will turn away from the window to Faileth and say, well, it doesn't look like the entry was forced, and it's interesting if she did leave through this window. It's a long way to the ground, and it faces the street, so it could be easily observed by someone passing by. Not if she was hidden by the shadow. Yes, that is true. Plus, I don't think a shadow's gonna need, like, to open the lock the way normal people do, would they? Hmm, that is also a very interesting point. I don't know. What have you got there? That's a doll. Is there anything unusual about it? I don't know. The DM hasn't told me yet. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Can you give me an investigation check? Well, sure. That is a... 18. 
So as you're sort of like looking at, at the various dolls, you don't get a sense that anything's wrong with them or like they seem to just be made of straw. But looking at them, you've seen one downstairs and you see five here. Based off previous knowledge, you know that Mirabelle should, is seven. So if she perhaps is getting a doll every, every year, where's the seventh one? Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Well, she's got a lot of dolls. Is that a thing that most kids get? Like, a doll on their birthday or something? I'm afraid I would not know. Yeah, me neither. But we could perhaps ask her mother. Maybe you should do it, because I'm a mute. <laughs> okay, I can, I can certainly ask her. Let's do a little bit more looking around the room. Perhaps, as unlikely as this is for a shadow... Perhaps they dropped something on their way here. Be a pretty clumsy shadow, but yeah, okay. Cory would kind of look around, like, under the dresser, under the bed, under, like, you know, or just on the floor. If anything had, say, fallen out of an intruder's pocket, or there's a shoe print somewhere. Okay. And Faileth, what are you going to do? Um, Faileth is just going to try to sense any weird energies in the room. Okay. For that one, can I get either an Arcana or an Insight check? I'm fine with either of them. Um, unless you want at. to use your Mother's Skull, at which point then I would think it's a performance check. Um, uh, yeah, let's go with that one. I'm good at that one. Uh, and... Uh, Quarry, can I have an investigation check from you, and can you give me the order in which you're looking at things? Um, so first, Quarry would probably take a cursory look um, at the floor for any footprints. You said that some areas of the house were dusty, so, you know, whether there's you know, interestingly disturbed dust, which is unlikely in a child's room. And then they would probably look under the dresser and then under the bed to see if there's... I don't know, anything that's rolled under there. Okay. Uh, and I rolled in. Okay, hold on. I'm going to take a picture of this. I'm going to send it in the group chat so that you all know I'm not fibbers. There you go. That's my roll. I rolled a nat 20 again. I don't know. Photoshop these days is so easy. I mean, if we're being honest, I could have just placed the dice like that and then took a picture. Three in one night so she seems unlikely. It. She admits <laughs> it. <laughs> and Faileth, what did you get? I got... 27. No, I had 26. 19 plus 6. So no, 19 plus 7. 27. I was right the first time. I can math. 19 That's plus a, 7? I get, yeah, I guess. Is 26. That is 26. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. We've, Numbers. We've, we've all had a week. It's... Hi, Bella. Oh, Bella wants to be on the podcast. Is Bella purring? I heard him meow. Uh, yeah, she's here now. Okay. 
Uh, so with that, for the two of you, uh, so Quarry, you said that you were first going to just check to see if anything had fall, like if there was dust disturbed in a location particularly? Yeah, or any footprints. So you sort of look around, and as you are, Faileth is sort of standing in the center of the room, holding her skull, focusing. I've unwrapped uh, and... it. Mm-hmm. Good. And, and I'm uh, calling out, Oi, ma'am! Can you help me with this one? Quara, <laughs> uh, you don't notice any strange disturbances in the dust. Um, it seems like there's not as much dust up here as some of the other parts of the house. Perhaps these rooms are worth being kept cleaner. Mm-hmm. Looking at the dresser, you don't notice anything out of sorts. There doesn't appear to be anything under it. But as you approach the bed, uh, Faileth, you feel a distinct tug in the direction of the bed from the skull. Ooh, there's something and in the, the teeth bed. Start to chatter. Oh, Mum really likes the bed. What's under there? Let's look. I'm going to uh, poke my head under the bed. So, looking, where are you looking under the bed? Uh, like lifting the cover, like lifting the covers, and like scooting my whole body under there. Oh no! Uh, Quarry will reach out and stop them from doing that. Hang on a second, Faileth. I have a better idea. But. But there's something under there. Oh yeah, I I I think that there might be, but um but instead of scooting under there where we might disturb something, perhaps we can take a look in a more careful way. How big is the bed, Cass? It's it's rather small. Um is it something that Quarry could pick up? Uh what's your strength score? Um my strength is 19, but because yes, I'm you a can Goliath, I can you don't even need the Goliaths. Do heavy You're things. being treated as a large creature for being able to carry things. Uh, yes, you can easily pick up the bed. Okay, I will pick up the bed so we can both look under it without disturbing anything. Are you looking at the floor? Yes. Nothing. It's just dust. <sighs> What's on the underside of the bed? Like on the post? This. It is a strange symbol. It looks like it's almost a cross. Uh, but with a circle and two lines that come out of it. Uh, so imagine that you are looking at a lowercase t. But where the bottom of the t is, there is a circle. And then coming out from the bottom of that circle is the base of the t. Mm-hmm. Between the arms of the t and the upper portion, there are two lines going out at, 90 de- at uh, 45 degree angles. And between the cross uh, mid cross midsection of the T and the line going out at the 45 degree angle a bit of a distance away is there are small miniature versions of that as well at the end of each of the four cardinal points are four symbols in the center of the larger circle there is a different symbol this is on the underside of the bed yep it is on the underside of the bed and it appears to have been burned into it. Ooh, Quarry, is this a necromancy thing? Is this what real necromancers do? Uh, is there a way that I can see that? Can I turn the bed upside down? Uh, are you holding the bed over your head? No, well, I didn't imagine that I was, but I, like, I guess I could so that I can see it, or I could just turn it over on the floor. 
but I kind of don't want to like wreck this. Is the bed made? I don't want to make it messy. Uh, the bed does look like it's made. Okay, then I will lift it over my head, mm-hmm. but crouch so that I don't hit the ceiling with it. Uh, and you can see it. Does Quarry recognize it? No. Okay. I have. What do I have? Uh, I want to. I want to draw this, and I think yes, I have some parchment and ink and a pen. So I guess I'll set the bed down, and then while I'm here and I'm still able to refer to it, I would like to make a copy for myself to share with Melian and Yovan. That sounds like a great idea. For our listeners, uh, if you didn't catch that, that was barely restrained glee in Cass's voice. He's very good at hiding it. <laughs> that I made a copy of it? I'm not sure what. I'm just spooked. Oh, like as in maybe we shouldn't carry this symbol around with us? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, this is, yeah, that's the thing that Quarry's doing. So. Or I'm just happy that you found that. That you're discovering a small piece of whatever puzzle this may be. That could be entirely valid. Yes. Okay. Uh, so, setting the bed back where it belongs, making sure that uh, we haven't left a mess behind. I think that we're done. Faileth, is there anything else you would like to do before we leave this room? Um, I spin around a couple of times with the skull to see if she goes nuts about anything else. She doesn't go as nuts, but you do get a distinct sort of pull again. But it's, it almost seems like it's going out into the hallway. Out of the room. Ooh, there might be something in the hallway! I'm going oh. to follow the pull. Quarry's gonna follow very carefully, trying to, like, sh- shield the view of Faileth from the stairs with their bulk so that, like, the mom doesn't freak out seeing somebody <laughs> navigating using a skull in her house. Um, it is pulling towards the other door up here. So what you assume is the parents' bedroom. Oh dear. Faileth, can you wait a moment? I guess so, but why? Well, because we shouldn't, as much as we want whatever information we can find, we also don't want to further upset this poor woman who has had a very upsetting day already. But she said we could look around. She said. Let's just make sure it's fine that we look at more than just her daughter's bedroom. But what if she says no? People are very personal about their private spaces and they are private about their personal spaces. Yes, that too. Does she care about her personal space more than she cares about her kid? Probably not. But you will find, I think, that people prefer to be asked first. But what if she says no? Then do we do it anyway, despite her desire? Or do we just not check and find out? I'm going to go downstairs and ask and I'm going to leave you up here and I will be back. And I'm going to find the stairs. I'm gonna go follow where my skull is pointing. Quarry has already headed down the stairs and does just not want to know what so many things in the people in her their party are going to do. Well, it pulls you into the room and it pulls you closer to the mother's bed. Um, I'm going to look in the same spot on the mother's bed that we saw the writing on the kid's bed. Uh, 
Uh, no. Uh, so as you're approaching the bed, uh, it seems to almost be pulling you towards something that might be on top of the bed. Okay, I or will... in the covers. I will pull back the covers. You find a doll. Oh, there's where that pesky feller got to. And as Does you this one pick look it different up, than the others? Looking at it? No. Feeling it? It's heavier. Ooh. I consider ripping it open to find out what's on the inside, and then remember what Quarry said about, like, not uh, ruining people's personal space, so I'm going to steal it so I can look inside it later. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, and you go downstairs. And then I mm -hmm. guess you go downstairs. Uh, Quarry, what are you doing downstairs? Well, Quarry is going to say... <clears throat> I'm sorry to disturb you. Would you mind if we looked in, in other areas of the house? Oh, oh yes. Please, please do anything. Anything to help you find my, my darling girl. <laughs> and she cries more. Cory will start to head back up the stairs to tell Faileth that it's fine that we can go into the bedroom now. And you meet me happily coming down the stairs. Ah, Faileth, we have the mother's permission to look further in the house. Oh, okay. Would you like to come and investigate the bedroom with me? Nope. No. I'm all good. Faileth. Mm-hmm? Would you please accompany me upstairs? If you if you're uh, sure, if I must. Not sure what you think you're going to find, though. <laughs> Quarry will lead Faileth upstairs to the bedroom and... And when they're more out of hearing range of the mother, will say, I thought you wanted to investigate this bedroom. Aye, yeah. Did you do it while I was downstairs? You said you didn't want to know. No, I said I was going downstairs and I would come back upstairs. But we both know what you really meant. <sighs> Teamwork is a uh, challenging uh, thing that I continue... To work on. Ugh, you... tell me about it. <laughs> Did you find anything of interest, Faileth? Faileth. Yes? What's the secret? Um, I pull out the doll. <laughs> you were gonna take it. I, because I want to open it up and see what's inside of it, but I thought about what you said, and the mother might not like that, because she clearly keeps it in here as like, oh, my ba my daughter, who's dead? I'm going to hold this doll close to my bosom or something. Um, so I figured I'd just steal it, and then I could open it up later, and she'd never have to know that I opened it up. I think. Cass? Yes? What does the doll look like? Does it look like it's made of straw and you could part the straw to take something out of it? Or is it um, fabric sewn over straw? It's fabric sewn over straw. Can we take a look at it to see if there are rips and tears in the fabric or cuts? Mm -hmm. uh, so just turning it over and looking at it, uh, you notice that there are, of course, the seams. Uh, mm -hmm. But on the back of the head, it looks like there may have been a tear that was repaired. Looks like it was repaired very carefully, very deftly. And Faileth, the head is the portion of it that is heavier. There's something inside it! Look! And I'm gonna shake it violently. Faileth, I have a feeling that this woman would do anything to have her daughter back, and I think that she will 
probably allow us to take the doll. But at any rate, I think we can learn more from her. For example, did she sew this shut? Is she aware of what had happened to the doll? Maybe we can find out how long ago it happened. Well, should we find out what's inside it first? What if she's in on it? I'm inclined to think that she's not, but perhaps you, as the mute, can keep a very close eye on her. Then you can tell me if you think that she is behaving as somebody who is part of the crime. Sure. Here's the thing. Yes? I'm not sure what mothers usually act like. Hmm. Certainly you've observed them in towns with their children, even if you have not experienced it directly yourself. I mean, sure, but they always are just so weird. Just watch and see if this one is weird in the way that you would expect. Okay. Or, hear me out, we rip it open and we see if there's bones inside. I suspect that the mother will let us rip it open. Fine. But if she says no, I'm still taking it. Okay, that's fair. I'm fairly confident that she won't say no. Okay, because my mother was very adamant that this is important. I understand. I agree with you. If it's different than the other dolls, there may be something to it. Well, it's not just that. Mother was rattling and shaking about it. Okay. Let's see what we can find out. I think we have some more questions for the mother. I mean, I don't, but if you do, okay. Uh, Quarry will lead Faileth back down the stairs. Okay, so uh, Quarry and Faileth, you go downstairs and you find Tatiana uh, still in the kitchen, sitting at the table. Uh, it looks like she's her most recent bout of crying has stopped. Thank you for letting us look around. I'm afraid I have a few more questions for you if you feel up to answering them. Will, will, it, help, will it help find my little girl? We will absolutely do everything we can to find your little girl, and any information that you can give us will certainly help us know more than we did before. Then of course. Please. Ask. Ask Faileth is watching her very, very closely, like, probably staring at her rudely in an attempt to see if she's acting weird. <laughs> Can you give me an insight check? I feel like I should have disadvantage. Um, that is... You've had interactions with people, so... And yeah. you know how... You know what it seems like when people lie. So that is very true. It's a 12. Um, with a 12, I would say it's inconclusive. You don't think that she's like, she seems to be distressed. Please, please ask. Was there anything unusual about last night? Uh, n no, not, not that I, not that I can remember. I, I tucked uh, Mirabelle into bed. And then I, 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 I went to sleep, and then I woke up so late. I don't even remember feeling very tired. When you tucked Mirabelle into bed, did you leave the window open? Oh, no. 
Mirabelle does not like the window being open. Not unless she's sitting there looking out. She sat there looking out every day since Wilhelm died. Since he didn't come home. Waiting for him? Yes. I'm so sorry. Well, there was not anything unusual about that night, and you slept soundly through. There were no noises. You you didn't have trouble falling asleep. Uh, no. No noises. Nothing. I slept through the night completely, and honestly, I usually wake up a, a time or two. I just, I went to sleep and it was black. Did she have all of her dolls with her? No. Uh, now, now that you mention it, uh, when I tucked her into bed, uh, she gave me Danny to sleep with. And if I remember correct, uh, Remy is, uh, she'd left down here after playing with her in the I don't know what any of those names are. Is this Danny? And uh, Quarry will gesture for Faileth to produce the doll. Faileth pulls it out. Uh, yes. Can I yes. open it? Oh, wait, wait, wait a minute, Faileth. Is there anything unusual about this particular doll? Wilhelm and I gave it to Mirabelle for uh, her seventh. I see. Birthday? Well, yes. Ah, I knew it was a birthday thing. My friend Faileth has noticed something unusual about this particular doll, and we're wondering if we could examine it more closely. What's, what's so strange about a doll? This one appears, and perhaps it has always been this way, perhaps you can tell us, it appears to be heavier than the other dolls, particularly in the head. And there's uh, some careful stitching here. Did you stitch this up by any chance? No. Mirabelle's never brought Danny to me with any kind of tear or anything like that. Uh, she's always very careful with her dolls and takes expert care of them. There's something in this one. Uh, she'll sort of pick it up and hold it. And I, I think you might be right. I... I can we there open it? certainly was nothing in it before. Would but... you object to us opening it to see what's inside? Do you really think that this is related? Yes. It's hard to say why... Then of course. Is Faileth going to go at it? I'm going to open it. Be careful with it. Oh, I know. Um, she's quite good at stitching things. Okay. She's made all her own clothing for most mm. of her life, so she's going to pull out a little bone pick and expertly unstitch the head. Aww. Okay. Uh, so inside you find this symbol. It's all one piece in the symbol and it appears to be made of metal. Can you please describe it for our listeners? It is a brownish coppery letter T that has sort of a swirl along the bottom and a crack up one side. It's kind of like a if a T were also a tree but also sort of a snake. But also an I? A capital I? Maybe an I? With like and a it's little... got like a swirly bit? 
C coming out the right hand side, but sideways, or almost this a is circle. Very difficult to describe. Mm -hmm. I think I want to get one of my roommates to take these two descriptions and try to draw what you're describing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I would greatly appreciate that. That would be very fun. We can add it. We're to gonna the, put uh, all of these images on the website, right? Yeah. Yes. Excellent. Yes, we will. Okay. Ooh, that's interesting. Is this a necromancer thing, Corey? <laughs> Is it a necromancer thing? Is it a real necromancer thing? You don't know. I've never seen anything like this before, Faelith. Faelith, uh, looking yep. at your hands, it seems some of the like brownish, sort of reddish tint has come off it onto your hand. Ooh, it's like... It's coming off. I'm gonna rub it. You think it might be covered in rust. Oh, oh it's all rusty. feeling about this. That can't be good. I'm gonna see if I can clean the rust off with my fingernails. Okay. Uh, it, when you clear it off, it seems to be a sort of dull silvery metal. Ooh, it's it silver like or something. Um, are you going to iron. clean all of it? Or... Yeah. Cory uh, would probably request that Faelith Unless Cory stops me. A leave some of it to show to Jovan and Melian. Uh, so you clean a bit more, and you do notice that there is a sliver of something blue or bluish white that sort of runs along the edge of it. And it is Ooh. very, now that you've pulled this rust off, it is very cold to the touch. This thing's chilly. Can I uh, follow, without getting rid of all of the rust entirely, can I follow this seam of bluish, bluish uh, metal? So it sort of runs along the... Uh, it runs from the bottom and from the top to that sort of flourished sea that almost comes off and seems to wrap inside to there. Hmm. Corey, what do you think about this? That's I don't weird, think right? I know what to think, but perhaps we can take it to uh, the smith that I met and he may be able to tell us a bit more about the metal. Do you trust him? Well, as far as I can tell, I have no reason to think that he's involved. But do you have any reason to think that he isn't? Not yet. Hmm. You can have your doll back. I only need this weird magic thing. I hand the doll back to the woman. <sighs> and don't worry, if she's anything like any of the others, she's definitely still alive. She, she, she is. Almost certainly, yeah. I can yeah. feel, yes, I, I can certainly feel it. Yeah, I mean, the guards, as far as I know, they, the others aren't dead, they've just this. been taken. I mean, the guards might not have been interested in a doll. They didn't have someone pointing out how, how bizarre it was. What kinds of questions did the guards ask you? Uh, they asked me questions about what I did last night. Uh, if I'd seen anyone around watching. If anyone had tried to get close to Mirabella Rai recently. They asked me how I slept. And uh, if there was any family nearby that Mirabelle may have 
headed towards. Typical guards always assuming it's something corporeal. I have a few more questions that may perhaps seem unrelated, but I am somewhat interested in your husband's death as well. It's a lot of misfortune for a family to encounter in one year. It's not that much, really, compared to some people, but yeah, it's still a bit weird. I'm pretty sure he's not dead. Well, uh, that uh, remains to be seen. But I wonder if you could tell me, um, you mentioned he had siblings. Were they working with him at the time? Yes. Uh, he has two brothers that are also uh, carpenters, uh, or at least they were. Uh, his brother Tristan is a lecherous, foul-mouthed man. And he's only just made himself worse ever since with Wilhelm's death. You usually find him drinking himself away or frequenting a brothel, trying to forget the past, rather than do something with himself and live up to his brother's memory. Is there and a particular place that we would find him drinking? I don't exactly go looking for him. I understand. Have they come into and any money or something like that recently? I, I wouldn't know. Mm. And his brother Mark, Mark, shortly after the accident, moved out of the town. He, he moved uh, just to a small to a, a farming enclave uh, not that far from the city just south down on the steps. Um, I hear that the, he's expecting a child. <laughs> Do you know the name of this farming community? It's about a, a mile or two miles past the uh, marsh cidery. I say community, but I really mean it's more of just like three or four farms that are all in close proximity and have built their buildings closer to each other. He'd already stake, started looking at it before uh, Wilhelm had died and Will had gone with him. But looked at the place just a few weeks prior. Had uh, Were either of Wilhelm's brothers with him on the day that he died? You mentioned that... If they'd been there, <laughs> I doubt it would have happened. Did they tell you at all what did happen? No. <laughs> they tried to. <laughs> they said it was negligence. Your husband's or accident, someone else's? They wouldn't say. There was a collapse of some kind or an accident. You mentioned that five people died that day. Were all were th was anybody else working there that day, or did everyone working there die? I'm honestly unsure. Perhaps you can give me the name of Wilhelm's boss, or the person who had organized Wilhelm's work on the new house. I could ask them some questions. Wilhelm was the head. Who's taken over since... I, I don't know. Are there... Some co-workers that you could direct me towards? As I said, he kept... He, he kept his private life and work very separate. I honestly don't know. 
Did he have any books or, or notes or anything like that that might help us piece things together? Not that I have here. Sorry. Did he have a workshop in town? Uh, he worked for the guild. If he had anything, it might be there. But it's it's been seven months. I understand. Thank you so much for your help. I don't have any further questions. Faileth, do you have any questions? No. Nope. Well, Tatiana, thank you again for all of the time that you've given us. And my friend Faileth assures me that the children are still alive, and we will certainly do everything that we can to reunite them with their families. Please do. The information that you have helped us to gather has been invaluable, and um, we can't thank you enough for making this effort at such a difficult time. Thank you. And she's gonna sort of clutch Danny to her chest and just, like, stroke the doll's head. Don't give in to despair. May the light of soul shine down upon you. Thank you. Um, and I think probably we will take our leave. Oh, actually, I guess before we leave, Quarry would say, is there anything, you've been very helpful to us, is there anything that we can do for you? And she's just going to look at you with tears streaking down her face. Bring her home. We will do our absolute best. I'm sure we'll find them. It's just gonna be whether or not they've been killed first already. Depends what they need them for, I suppose. Faileth. But for now, they're alive, so that should be good. (laughs) She breaks down crying. Now, now, Faileth. If, if, If none of them have been killed yet, then there's no reason to think that, uh... Yes, uh... Don't yeah, give up not. on hope. And then, like, Quarry will pull Faileth out the door. As you're leaving the door, she goes, Death's not really that big a deal, though, so it's all good, right? Don't feel sad. Faileth. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. You know, not everybody views death as charitably as you do. But why not? Well, you have an opportunity to speak with so many of the dead, and the living, for the most part, don't have that chance. Myself included. That doesn't mean that death is a bad thing. No, but from their perspective, it it's abruptly severs a connection, and they feel a keen sense of loss. I suppose that might be true. Well, just... Keep in mind that that some people may not find that may find the idea of the death of their loved ones more devastating than you would. So that's why I keep telling them that it's not a big deal, so they can feel better. I think when they're in the depths of their emotion, it's hard for them to comprehend how it is not a bad thing. Right. I better just keep reminding them. Quarry <laughs> <laughs> just kind of shakes their head and then make. Uh, Starts guiding Faileth back towards the house in Frost's Folly. And so the two of you start to head back towards the house on Sapphire Lane. Okay. Now we'll turn the scene over to Jovan and Melian. Where have you guys gone? 
What are you planning? So, recap from the top. Uh, we wanted to get a guard sword, a guard's uniform. We wanted to explore the docks, and there was a fourth thing that I, I think I'm f forgetting. If you're asking me, I don't know. Yeah, if you're expecting Melian to remember, he also does not know. Uh, out of character, because it was a week ago, and my memory is a sieve. I think uh, if we could get the sword in time before Alan's closed, we had talked about bringing it to his shop, but I don't know if that's... That's pretty straightforward. I was just wondering if there was anything other than the, the stuff with the guards. I feel like there was, but I can't see anything in my notes. Whereas, yeah, crazy. I don't have anything else. I thought it was just getting a sword. Oh, that's easy. Okay. Um, let's take a look at the map here, then, real quick. Right. So we want somewhere, preferably a little way from Frost Folly. Um, probably a little way from the dark side, because we don't want to make... We might be agitating some guards. Um, probably not Great Nobles District, either. So... Whereabouts in the city is the main garrison? The main garrison is the fort in Waldengate. Okay. Uh, though a large amount of them also meet. Uh, a large, another location that they would, that you could treat as a main garrison, would be the uh, wa central watchtower. But a Fort Ardwald in on the built into the wall, the southern wall of Dwemer Hollow in Waldengate District, is where you would likely find, say, like the captain of the guard, and, or a decent chunk of them. That means probably either Westgate, Skullgate, or Old Town. And I'm going to say farther away from the walls is probably better, means that we're less likely to get hemmed in. So that means Old Town. Do the guards have regular patrols through town, or would you even know anything about? seeing the same guards in the same area regularly? Uh, I would say they definitely would have uh, some semblance of a regular patrol. It probably gets switched up every month or so, uh, but mostly it's a regular patrol, and they probably get switched up because no one wants to be patrolling Dockside. Reasonable. Okay. So what I'm looking for, ideally, is a somewhat narrow road in Old Town or we can be on top of a building and regularly expect a guard to be coming through without waiting several hours. You're describing a considerable... You're describing a decent number of roads or alleyways in Old Town. Quite a few of them are... Uh, pretty much, like, think of Old Town as sort of like a warren that was not of just how buildings cropped up. It wasn't built uh, with any kind of methodical layout in mind versus the rest of the districts have been. Right. I am looking through notes on Old Town and I'm not seeing any specific notable locations. Um, is there any open air shops or anywhere that guards might pause? So Old Town, uh, there's scattered throughout Old Town, there are quite a few different fountains or places to wash, like that people could wash clothing. Uh, and there are some shops scattered about, but there aren't the same sort of markets. The actual original Old Town Market is what has become the main plaza square, where you have, like, the Hall of Justice, the City Council, and the Central Watchtower on Maker's March. Okay, so in that case, I am probably assuming that Melian doesn't uh, have any other alternative ideas. Um, I'm going to wander through Old Town till I see any 
set of guards just resting their heels or leaning somewhere, resting somewhere, preferably with a building with a climbable roof nearby. <laughs> I know what I'm going to do. Uh, so you are, you come up oh, around no. and you come into Old Town uh, and you take a bit of a secure, circuitous route and you're about to go into a square when you see a guard come out of a house. He sort of pauses at the door and says something back into the house and then begins to head in your direction. Most guards travel in pairs. This one is traveling alone. Uh, how much distance do we have? Or better yet, how much time before he gets to where we currently are? Probably about 30 seconds. Hmm. Okay. Do you need him to stop? Alright, so the original plan was to get up onto a roof and use Mage Hand to, to lift the sword right out of the sheath, hopefully with the idea that before he could figure out uh, where we were, I would be off the back of the building and we could get out. Um, there's not going to be enough time to actually get up top of the building, which means there's a bit more risk of being chased, since he'll be able to directly follow where the sword goes if he notices it being lifted. But we can work with that. Um, what I'm asking is, would it help you if he stopped? And do you have a way to communicate that to Melian? I mean, if he's far enough away, we just speak under his breath, I don't think. Uh, speak under our breath. I don't think we'd hear that. And yeah, sure. You might hear Jovan muttering under his breath. Mm, if it was just another minute down the road, I could use a bit of time. Ah, I, I've got you, friend. <clears throat> and Melian will square his shoulders, uh, sort of put his hand on the on the great sword, on the hilt of his great sword, which is just over his shoulder, and start marching towards the guard with a very dark look on his face, like the biggest scowl he can muster. Which looks pretty imposing with the um, scar that cuts straight from the, the top of his lip all the way to his left ear. You there, guard! Uh, hello? Uh, he's sort of... His hand, you see, sort of starts to head... Goes towards his sword. What sort of city is this? I've had my purse lifted, and I'm pretty sure I felt a hand on my greatsword. Here, See, see if you can find. I've I've heard of this thing called uh, the Prince of the Prince of Fingers, and they will be on the sword. And I draw the sword and I hand it to him, like very forcefully, so that he has to take it. Uh, he 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 takes it, and he's like the the Prince of Fingers. It, 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 is this a new is is this a new gang that's moved into the area? Is this some criminal underworld element? You the tell me. Prince? Apparently. Apparently, the Prince of Fingers will be on the sword. Uh, I was told by one of my uh, compatriots in the, uh, in the Red Guard while we were stationed uh, elsewhere, of course. Uh, and in fact, uh, the Red Exiles, which I joined later, I heard again of these, this Prince of Fingers. Uh, and that you could, they could be found in, in places where crimes had been committed. They? Uh, even m more? Not not just one prince. Uh, he he seems taken aback by this, and he's looking at it, trying to determine what what is going on. And Melian, you have definitely paused him. And Excellent. You you've stumped a guard. Excellent. Okay. Um. So I have a climber's kits. I'm going to see if I can scramble to the top of the nearest building. Oh, go uh, right ahead. All right. I imagine that would be acrobatics? Uh, I would say that probably would be athletics. I can go with athletics. 
Yeah, it would definitely, it would be athletics. And then, are you proficient in a climber's kit? I am. Then you get to add your proficiency bonus to it. Uh, So 18 plus uh, 2 minus 1 for the strength. So I'm looking at 19. That sounds like a fantastic roll for you. Uh, Yeah, you scamper up the side of the building. Uh, You were originally going, like, you you pulled out a little... uh, I honestly don't know what's in your climber's kit. You used something uh, baton, that was suitable. boot tips, gloves, and a harness. Some of those oh, might you, be a little bit awkward. But. You probably used, let's say, maybe like boot tips to just get a... When you were trying to grab onto a handhold a bit more to pull yourself up. Works for me. Yeah. And you get up onto a building. Melian has this guard distracted, and this guard... Uh, he's even facing away from the building that you're on. Perfect. Okay, uh, this might be... You said there's just one of them. Could I take a half second to see if his pair is somewhere nearby? Uh, yeah, give me a perception check. Uh, less great. That is a two before modifiers and a uh, a one after. Um, <laughs> there's not so even... There's no you're... one else. <laughs> <laughs> You've so, lost so track of all you're... of us. Uh, as you're starting, as you're looking around, um, a, a bird sort of like flies across your vision and its wingtip almost like hits your eye and you sort of stumble a little bit and like, ah, uh, but you don't say anything and no, none of the roof falls or anything like that, but you definitely didn't get to look around. Okay. That's reasonable. I know that Melian was really keen to get a guard's uniform, so this might be the opportunity to get two in one. Um, so I'm going to take out some ball bearings and toss it into the alleyway uh, nearby. And then I'm going to attempt to use my mage hand to carefully and quietly fish the sword out of the guard's sheath. Okay. So mage hand, and then and you're using a ledger domain, right? That's correct. So for those uh, listeners uh, who are unaware... Uh, David is playing a scholar, which is from Studio Agate's Fate Forge, which is a expansion onto the 5th edition rule set. Uh, and the scholar class is an interesting one because while it gives a whole bunch of, say, tricks up its sleeve, uh, it also allows you to take an archetype from a different class, so long as that archetype doesn't have any abilities inside it that require the usage of another base class ability. So in this case, David took the Rogue Arcane Trickster, which gives him uh, spells for spellcasting and gives him uh, Mage Hand Ledger Demon. So I get spellcasting a... uh, ways later. Uh, yes. You'll be getting your spellcasting at level 6, and I've allowed you to have Mage Hand as a cantrip uh, for starting here at level 3, so that you actually could use what class, what features you wanted from it. So, Legerdemon allows you to have an invisible Mage Hand, and to retrieve an object in a container worn or carried by another creature. Uh, so to perform this task without being noticed, you use a dexterity sleight of hand check, contested by their wisdom perception. All right. And since it's a bonus action for you to control the hand to do this, uh, you can 
call the hand in your same turn as you do this. For sure. We're not going to enter initiative, because we, we don't need to. You're, you're not in a combat situation yet, at least. Not yet. Um, we may get there if things go right, which is not <laughs> normally how this goes, but sure. Um, right, so uh, I rolled sleight of hand. Um, I have a, a cumulative plus seven. Um, and I rolled 12. But I'm going to use the other feature granted by Scholar, uh, Excellence, with a bag of tricks, to roll a couple extra d4s. I'm going to go all in in this, because I really need this to work. So I'm going to roll uh, 3d4 and add that to the roll. Okay. Uh, that is a one, a one, and a two. Um, so an extra four. So For a total uh, of uh, twelve plus seven plus four would come out to uh, twenty-three, unless my math is totally off. Sounds right to me. Mm -hmm. Okay. So as you, you. Your mage hand draws the sword fluidly from the guard's scabbard, because the guard, as your sword is drawing it out, steps in the exact perfect direction you would need while he is very intently talking to Melian to not notice that his scabbard has moved. And I'm going to just quietly have it retrieve it up the building uh, and over the rooftop, over the peak. And then I'm going to carefully keep an eye on the interaction going forward between Melian and the guard. My job is done. Okay. So, back to you, Melian, with the guard. Uh, the guard mm -hmm. is t looking at it. Oh, my. This. Oh, I, I'm sorry, sir, but I, I don't see anything, and I, I really should be getting back. Uh, I, I, I was just here on official business. I, I, I'm very sorry. I... I I, I don't think I can help you, but if if you are concerned about something or you do see anything specific, you can report it. Uh, so uh, please do. Uh, he starts to step away. Is he still holding my greatsword? Oh, no, no. He has handed your greatsword back to you. <clears throat> I mutter into my uh, beard about how... Uh, Trust, of course, guards in the city won't investigate real crimes, uh, and they can't even—they don't even know what Prince, the, who the Prince of Fingers is, and how dare they <laughs> not treat my crime seriously? Are you so like? Are you trying to incite him into something? What is the intention behind this? <laughs> I don't want to. I know I'm. I'm playing this to the hilt. I don't. Okay. I want him to think that there genuinely was a crime that got committed, and now uh, he's ignoring it. Melian is. Deception check? <laughs> yes. Melian is smart enough to know that this is a thing he probably needs to do. He's not smart enough to temper it so that the guy actually leaves. Uh, that's an eight. Yeah, five, five plus three on my deception check. Well, this guard is really intent on leaving. Uh, so he starts to walk away. Uh, and now let me check this. He gets probably about... Uh, so he starts to walk away. Uh, what do you do, Melian? Uh, I guess I sheathe my greatsword, and I just stand there. I guess. <laughs> I'm like, well, eventually Yovan will come back here and tell me what's going on. I'm going to peek over the the top of the roof and make eye contact with Melian, um, wave the sword gently, and, and shrug at the guard, well, gesturing at the guard. It is at about this moment in time. Uh, can you give me a stealth check for that? For sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, let's take a look here. Do -do -do -do. Okay, my stealth's not terrible. Um, and my roll isn't terrible either. So that's going to be a 14 plus 3. So 17. Oof. <laughs> so it is at about this moment in time uh, that the guard... You s that just as you're waving it up, you see the guard's hand go down to like just to like rest on the pommel, and he touches his scabbard, and he pauses, and he turns, and just as you're waving it, it must have glinted in the light, because his eyes is drawn up, and it goes wide, and he starts to walk towards you, to you. Through the alley uh, where I dropped if, the ball bearings. Is he, oh, is he walking towards he's, me? As well? he, he'll have to get to Melian first. Right. I'm. Yeah. I'm looking at him, and I'm like, "Oh, so now you're going to investigate my crime? My crime? <laughs> You've changed your mind? Uh, did, no, th thief! How how did you get my sword? And he points. No, friend, up. that was my sword. Uh, you're are the. Are you are you all right, friend? Are you? Uh, and he tries to sort of, like, push past you. Yeah, not having any of that. Oh, God. I don't have a very uh, high... I don't have a very high uh, strength, so rather than trying to... Um, like, I'm not going to try and stop him so much as I'm just going to dexterously dance back into his way. Like, what? No, 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 no. If you're coming back this way, you're dealing with my... You're dealing with my crime. My sword has been stolen. Your <gasps> sword... The Prince of Fingers! He's the Prince of Fingers! Who's the Prince of Fingers? And he points I turn, up I turn at around. <laughs> oh, is, is Jovan visible? I thought he was, like, over the lip of the roof. To, to wave at you to try to get your attention. But I will take this opportunity, uh, stick my fingers in my ears, and stick my tongue out at the guard, and duck down into the alley. Oh, the guard is going to try and close with you. Uh, and I'll run with him. Like, oh, with the Prince of Fingers, we've got him! Uh, so he is going to run. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm going to deliberately fall behind him and assume his form. Excellent. <laughs> uh, if it's possible, if I have the time, I'm going to try to prepare an action to... And this may be a little bit of a, a liberal interpretation of uh, the Mei-Chan feature. Um, but I'm going to try to prepare an action to turn his helmet around on his head when he comes around the corner into the alleyway. Oh, that I, I am perfectly fine with that. Uh, so he is going to run into the alleyway as he does not look back at you, Melian. Uh, so he does not notice that your form is slowly changing to match his. Excellent. And he runs onto the ball bearings. Is this where the helmet turns? Yeah, I try to time it um, as closely as I can. Okay. I am going to... Okay, uh, so as his helmet is flipped around on him and he sort of, like, stumbles back, um, he also stumbles onto the ball bearings and fails his dexterity check, so he falls prone with a... Ah! Awesome, I immediately run over, shrug my shield off uh, my shoulder and just try and wang him in the head with the edge to knock him out. Okay, uh, give me a... Give me an attack and have advantage because he is prone. That's a 19. Yep, you hit him. Uh, and yeah, let's 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 just say that he uh, 
you hear a resounding wham inside his helmet, and you don't hear anything else. Awesome. I quickly lean over and, and make, like, just in case anyone can see me, I'm like, oh, friend, are you all right? And I try to, like, lift him over my shoulder and, like, drag him further into the alleyway so that we're out of sight. Okay. I will um, peek around, uh, take a look up and down the street to make sure that there's no one noticed uh, our little interaction, um, and then I'll pull a pair of manacles out from under my vest. Okay. What do you do with this guy? It's a uh, small alleyway that probably links up with another street. There are a couple boxes bid back here. I very quickly remove all of his clothing, um, but I leave him his belt and his purse. Uh, and in fact, I'm going to put another 10 gold into his purse to, uh, <laughs> to tip him for the inconvenience of having all his shit stolen. Okay, no. And then, I put, and then I put his clothes on. Okay. Uh, so now, Yoven, there are two of this guard. One of them is unconscious and naked. Or almost naked. The other was wearing Melian's gear. Well, and is carrying, and is still carrying like a great sword, six javelins, two hand axes, a long sword, and a shield. I'm going to uh, stop, pause, take a moment, clear my eyes, and look up again, and see if anything's changed. I'm assuming yeah. nothing has. Uh -huh. Nope. Uh, Melian? Uh, yes, I told you I was very good with a disguise kit. I'm also very quick with one. <laughs> going to do just a little bit of mental arithmetic figure out exactly how much time uh, he had in between seeing him at the peak of the roof and seeing him in the alleyway and take his okay. word for it. Uh, he's met some very skilled individuals. <laughs> also note that this guard's hair is a different color and he is a human. Uh, yeah, but I've got the helmet on, so... <laughs> yeah, if he's got the helmet on, I, I, I could yeah. maybe get the rest of it. Right, um... Wow, you are, you are quick with that. Uh, sorry about the little bit of improv there. I know you wanted the uniform for, for something or other. Uh, yes, now we can get one of those swords from the store, like the the quartermaster. I'll just be able to walk right in and request a new sword. Uh, quick, we can hide his body in one of these boxes. And so uh, I'm going to try and crack open one of the crates with just brute strength, and then lift the guy into the unconscious man into the crate. I think one of the swords, the the one of uh, one of, one of these. Yes, we'll need one. I, I hear that. I understand that we want to look at it. Right. I think there may have been a breakdown in communication at some point. Um, I've got some excellent news. <laughs> and he'll, he'll just gently wave the sword. Right. Yeah, we need one of those. Uh, but we'll want to get it from the store, from the quartermaster. That's why I have this, this uniform. You know, I... Hmm. Uh, you know what? It might be a good idea to have one from the store to compare. There might be a difference between the sword we already have. Wait, is that is that the sword we want? Uh, that's that's the one that you had, yes. <laughs> well, yeah, but is it the one that was issued by the merchant that we... Or did, was this man carrying his own sword? Do we know? I mean, all the guards are carrying the ones issued by the merchant. That's why we we're curious about why the merchant was issuing them. Unless... Oh. So, so uh, we don't really need this guard's uniform at all. Uh, Melian opens the purse back up and starts taking his gold back out. <laughs> you know, this might have worked out for the better. I hadn't oh. planned on getting a uniform. But now that we have one, it does open some doors. Uh, but uh, allow me to uh, perhaps interject that uh, this uniform is only going to be worth it's uh, worth it as long as this man is not wandering around 
Although, I suppose I could just find another guard to look like. I, I mean, are the uniform... Actually, that's an excellent question. Cass, are the uniforms... Like, do they have any identifying markings? Like a, a name tag or something? Nope. I wouldn't expect so, but... Uh, they have identifying markings based off of uh, rank, but that's only, say, like a... Like, there's the town guard, there's the captain of the guard, uh, and then, like, uh, sort of, like, squad captains. But aside from that, no. Would Melian be able to tell what rank this guy was, just by, based on the uniform? Uh, you should be able to. And looking at it, it doesn't look like there's any adornment on this. Okay, so it's just a straight-up... Yeah, it looks like it's just a straight-up run-of-the-mill guard. So, it's not like this uniform would say get you into a guard captain or squad meeting right. only but it would definitely let you move around uh, Melian then says uh, listen I've only I've only knocked this man out but if we want this uniform to retain its worth or its value uh, perhaps we should kill him oh hold on. we don't we don't need to kill him we just need to discredit him there's an alehouse nearby and I imagine we can find Bucks and Bonnies is ways to the north, but there got to be another house similar to it. If he says that he was assailed by two people who stripped him naked and took a sword, but he happens to be smelling of alcohol and stumbling out from the nearest uh, brothel. Oh, I, I think I see where you're going with this. Uh, and Melian picks him back up and sort of like gets him in a fireman's carry across his shoulders. Right. Um, we'll need to be quick. Uh, hey Cass, is there any nearby alehouses or somewhere? Um, I there's pick definitely up? a couple nearby. I will say that they are unnamed alehouses because they are non-important locations. Uh, but there's definitely a couple uh, alehouses that you can find. Um, a disreputable establishment, you'd probably really have to go to Dockside to find, or an establishment like Bucks and Bonnies. Um, the council turns a blind eye to it happened to it down there, but they don't want elsewhere. And that's like a, a 20 minute walk. Yeah, that that would be rather hard, but you probably could either, at, like, you theoretically, you could, say, go and find an ale house and buy some ale and bring it back and splash it on him. I mean, or I'm dressed as a guard. We just carry him, and I tell him that he's being, tell people he's being arrested for indecent exposure. He's naked. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, I... that's, that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> we knock him. I've already knocked him out, and I had to because he was going crazy. Um, but it turns out he's actually your brother, and you've convinced me that we should uh, drop him, him in a... Through. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Uh, so he, I will also say that he had manacles on him, so like the same manacles or similar manacles to the ones that Melian had. And that Melian has put on him, so yeah, it definitely looks like he's been arrested and knocked out. Nice. Alright, yeah, um, I think this is the plan. Um, I will detour out to the nearest area health, pay them for a pint of their foulest, whatever's bottom of the barrel, and meet up with Melian on the way to Dockside. They fill a flagon for you with their worst ale possible, like some can I buy a tip. Oh, buy sorry, what? I was going to say, could I buy a tablecloth as well? Scrap a cloth, something like that? Yeah, probably. Cool. It, probably you're buying it for an exorbitant amount of what you, what it actually is worth, because it's a deal. 
Yeah. But <laughs> you want it. So, yeah. All right. Uh, and then can you guys, one of you give me a, actually, I think it should be Brian. Uh, can you give me a flat D20 roll to see? If anybody challenges me? Yeah, like, do you run into another set of guards? Oof. I rolled a nine. <laughs> okay. So, you don't run into another set of guards, but I will say that you definitely do get some looks as you're going along that way. Did you have the guy's head covered, or...? Uh, no. Nope. That was part but of I mean... what I was going to do with the, the tablecloth, but... <laughs> Okay. But by the same token, I'm wearing a helmet and he's not. And I try and, like, scruff up his hair a lot so that he looks wild. Okay. And he probably also has, like, a bloody nose from oh, yeah. his helmet and, like, how he was hit on the Or head, one of his so. ears is bleeding. You know, I didn't... Yeah. I wasn't gentle. <laughs> yeah. But, no, even with a nine, you move through the town. It goes rather smoothly for you. It's just a guard <laughs> moving someone about. When uh, when Jovan returns, I'm gonna suggest uh, we could kill two birds with one stone, Mister Jovan, if we brought this man to uh, Bucks and Bonnies and gave them some of his gold. If we we could tell Faileth that we did indeed follow the commands of the ghosts and give some gold to the girls at Bucks and Bonnies while avoiding the paladin's scorn. That's an excellent idea. I have one condition: if either of them asks, this was all planned from the start. Oh, yes. It is this man's wedding tomorrow. And so this is his, uh, what do they call it? A, a ratchet party? What would it be called locally, Cass, actually? I thought it might be something I'd know. Uh, I don't know. Oh, okay. You come up with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a ratchet party. Perfect. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right. Um, so I will liberally douse him in, in whatever I, I bought, bought there. I don't know if I can actually force him to drink it without possibly killing him because he's unconscious, but... Oh. Well, you can probably swish it into his mouth and then... Let it settle. Yeah. yeah. Alright. Um, and then I will cover him as much as I... For decency's sake, with the tablecloth, while also trying to... I suppose there's no real way to obscure his face without literally sticking it like a bag over his head, which is not a great image. Uh, and actually, I assume that you're... Are you dropping him in, like, an alleyway next to Bucks and Bonnie's? No, I'm gonna... No, so what I was thinking is we would actually drop him in Bucks and Bonnie's and pay one of the whores to like take him into the into her room so she wouldn't have to do any work we'd have already paid her and then yeah, when to, he woke have up a good time. Yeah. yeah when he woke up she could just tell him she'd done whatever and that she'd already accepted he'd already paid her and, and then kick him out <laughs> okay <laughs> listen Nellian's not smart but he has some very practical ways to undercut other people's truthful stories uh, so yeah you head into Bucks and Bonnie's uh, it seems like it, 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 imagine that there's a lot more red fabric and like soft light in here than you'd expect and a sort of matronly woman introduces herself as Bonnie and asks if you're here to see one of the girls I have ten gold to show this man a good time oh, her eyes light up and she says oh he'll be shown a certainly good time but I would like to speak to the girl who will be showing him this time. Uh, so she sort of waves one of them over and you are able to talk with the girl and help him get up to the room. Awesome. Once I plunk him on the bed, I'm like, I'm going to give you ten gold and I need you to swear on your life that he was here the whole time. She is. She's nodding enthusiastically. She's like, I'll have to split some of it with the house, but I haven't made ten gold. 
what is the I house? So I take the ten, I take the ten gold out of his purse that I had already put in, and give it to her. And then I'm like, what's the house cut? Sixty percent. I take six more gold out of his purse. Wait, how much gold does he have in his purse? He has two gold and fifteen silver. Damn it! I just cover the. So I give him, I give her the, his gold, and then I cover whatever the other six, the other four gold. You tip it. Yeah. So that okay. she can cover her 60% on the 10 uh, that I said that I would give her downstairs and still keep the 10. Sounds good. Okay. Uh, and then I'm like, but uh, if this man, even if this man comes back, you tell him you showed him a good time at the behest of his brother uh, and that you wish him a happy nuptials <laughs> and feel She's free like... to make up whatever services you feel would be appropriate for the amount you were paid, but do not feel obliged to actually offer them to him. Uh, she's ecstatic and she sort of she like lays down next to him on the bed and says I'll make sure excellent and then he uh, I'll give I'll snap off one of the Christmas salutes anyone's ever seen and then uh, make my way out of the room (laughs) (laughs) um yeah Uh, so you you guys leave Buxom Bonnie's (laughs) that poor guard oh god I, I now I... need to actually write up a whole backstory for this card. <laughs> a backstory that I might run afoul of every time I try this same gambit later. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jovan yeah, will drop into lockstep with Melian, and after a moment's silence, was, that was cleanly done. Do you have history in that kind of... Traveling with Faileth through the wilder lands has necessitated a certain amount of deception in order to preserve her safety. And I, I worked for a mercenary corps, a mercenary band, for a while. And some of the pranks we would play on each other have translated well into other skills. I have to say, you're absolutely more than I expected when I first laid eyes on you. I feel more confident about the challenges we're going to face. I must say, we did work very well together. I have some hopes. And I think with that, the two of you... Are heading off? Are so? Are you t- heading towards the docks, or are you heading? Are you heading deeper into dockside, uh, or are you going to head towards Frost Folly? If we're here, we hmm. Would it be possible just to detour and walk past the warehouse and the dock where the the ship supposedly docks? Well, part of the part of Marin having Marin go was figuring out which warehouse it docks at. Mm-hmm. But you can definitely detour. Uh, you can detour and walk past uh, through the walk through the area. The docks are busy. Uh, there's a couple large warehouses that are actually out over top of the water, uh, as well as some larger warehouses on land. You're unsure which one's which. I think that we will end off tonight as you are getting closer to Jasper Quent's shop. Uh, so. We'll start up next session with the two of you outside Jasper Quint's shop, and we'll see where things go. In hindsight, we should have probably got that guard's name, just so we could make the... Hmm. Nah, that's fine. Nah. Hindsight's 2020. Also, I think we lift the manacles on him, but hindsight's 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, his manacles. <laughs> that's great. Nah, I gave the key to the girl. So she okay. can unlock him. <laughs> Excellent. And keep the and keep the manacles. Well, it, it's clearly part of the play. Yeah. There we go. 
Thank you for listening to Roll With Adventure, where we bring you this story from our imagination to your ears. If you liked what you heard, please rate us on Apple Podcast and visit us at www.rollwithadventure.com. Our intro and outro music is Brave by Arcane Anthems. Thanks for the components of this episode's soundscapes. Go to zapsplat.com and Purple Planet Music. Full credits are in the episode description. We hope you've enjoyed listening. Don't worry, if she's anything like any of the others, she's still alive. Hush, I don't need a phone call right now. (laughs) Do you want to say that again, Sasha? Yes.